Good morning. It was good that some of you listened to and the Happy New Year during the week as we noticed that some of you have tuned into that. And now we're back again with Jude uh, and this is actually our twelfth talk on Jude. I'm going to start reading at verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. We finished off last week with a couple of questions. We said about, if we're devoid of the Spirit, then I have never known the Saviour who died for me, never been born again of the Spirit of God, and I am facing eternal darkness forever. And there were two questions we said we must ask. The first and vital one is, have you accepted Jesus as your Saviour? Believing that as the Son of God he died for your sins at Calvary and you now seek to follow him in your daily walk through the wilderness of this world. If you cannot say yes to that vital question, then consider your position very carefully. It would be a wonderful way to start a new year by yielding your life into the hands of God and being born anew, a new creation in Christ, born again by the Spirit of God, born from above. Perhaps you have come to realise that you need a Saviour. Has life been for you and has become burdensome and tiring then Jesus says come unto me all ye that labour and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls Matthew 11 verses 28 and 29. Or you may seem to be lost in this world, unsure of the way ahead. You do not know what or who to believe. Jesus comes and he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And he came that we may have life in abundance and have an assurance of a life in heaven. Jesus said he had come to seek and save the lost, the lost in this world. You may be finding it hard to make ends meet. What of the future? You worry just about 
how you'll get through every day. When we accept Christ's offer of salvation, then he assures us of an eternal home. Listen to what is in store for you. Peter, the first epistle, chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. 1 Peter, chapter 1, and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we have a hope because Christ has risen from the dead, we too will rise. And we have an inheritance, it says, incorruptible and defiled and that fadeth not away, and it is reserved in heaven for you. And you are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. When we accept Christ as our Saviour, we are guaranteed a reserved home in heaven. And were kept by the power of God. Through faith unto salvation. Sometimes do you feel lonely and need a friend? And Paul writing to the Ephesians. He explains what happened to them when they trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says... In Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 13 and 14. In whom ye also trusted. When you trusted Christ. After ye heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom, that's in Christ. Also after that ye believed. Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. That's, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit. He came to dwell with us. And he is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession. Unto the praise of his glory. When we accept Christ we also receive the Holy Spirit and he comes and dwells with us forever. When our Lord was leaving his disciples, he promised that he would send them a comforter who would abide with them forever, indwelling each one of us. That is what Paul is saying to the Ephesians they heard the gospel they trusted in the Lord Jesus they received eternal life and they also received the Holy Spirit into their lives so why not just in simple faith believing that Jesus is the Son of God that he died on the cross at Calvary he paid the penalty 
for my sins and your sins, past, present and future. He rose again and ascended to heaven and represents you before his Father in heaven. He loved you so much as to die for you and you to be with him in heaven someday. What a wonderful Saviour he is. There are just two verses which I must tell you. John 3 and verses 16 to 18. John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. What a wonderful verse that is that God loved the world and sent the Lord Jesus to die and he died for each one of us and if we trust him we'll be saved he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God if we believe that Jesus Christ died for us, that he rose from the dead and that he is now seated in heaven, if we believe that, then by faith accept the fact that he died for you and your name will be written in heaven. You will receive here and now eternal life. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He will come and dwell with you. But then it says. He that believeth not. Is condemned. Already. The wrath of God. Is on those who do not believe. In the name of the only begotten. The Son of God. Get out a Bible. And read over these verses again and ask God to help you and accept the wonderful offer of salvation. It is a free offer. Christ has paid the debt for you and for me and for the world at Calvary. If you believe in him as your saviour, then question number two. How may we avoid some pitfalls so vividly, clearly described by Jude? The answer, by keeping ourselves in the love of God. And now, as Christians, we want to keep ourselves in the love of God. And this is so important. Jude in his epistle and we read some of them there this morning sets out four principles which we should seek to follow what was the first lesson we learned from Jude way back 
12 weeks ago. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Or as the Amplified says, I was compelled to write to you urgently, appealing that you fight strenuously for the defense of the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. And that faith is the sum knowledge and belief of Jesus Christ and the Gospels and the Bible presented to us once and for all. You know, there's no secret knowledge in Christianity. There's no better way. There's only one way to God. There's no alternative belief system which God has revealed to some unique group or some uh, teacher. The truth is available to everyone. Don't let people tell you that this knowledge is only understood by some so-called priest or through some religious system. Jude wrote this letter for the very reason that the faith was being destroyed by false teachers who had crept into the churches. He calls it common, available to Jew and Gentile alike. We read that verse, uh, John 3.16. It's for the whole world. The Lord Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. It's a common salvation for all. And so Jude's first point is, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in and on the basis of your most holy faith. The first lesson we must learn is to have a sure foundation on which we should build. You know, this seems very elementary and obvious. But do you know something? Most people in the world are building on the wrong foundations. There's only one foundation. They are building on things like church membership. You must be a member of a particular church before you can get salvation. Or on some church institution or instruction. Or doing one's best. Helping others. Giving to the poor. Supporting charities. By baptism in any form. By taking communion. Doing penance. The list goes on and on. But the trouble is. Their foundation is faulty. And it will collapse. Someday. And great will be the fall thereof. 
The sad thing is the real foundation has been already freely given to us. There's a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verses 10 to 15. We have spoken on this uh, many times but it does no harm to repeat it all in relation to Jude. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 10 But each one must be careful how he builds on a foundation. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. We all have to build by yielding our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and then on his life and on his word we build our lives. But if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver and precious stones or with wood, hay or straw each one's work will be clearly shown for what it is. For the day of judgment will disclose it because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality and character and worth of each person's work. If any person's work which he has built on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is, any outcome of his effort remains and survives the test, he will receive a reward. But if any person's work is burned up by the test, he will suffer the loss of his reward, yet he himself will be saved, but only as one who has barely escaped through fire. Now what does that mean? Someday, after the rapture of the church, all believers will be gathered around the Lord in glory. But then there will be the judgment seat of Christ. Each one of us will stand to be examined and our work and our works will be judged. And it shows here a picture of our work. There will be those who will build with gold, silver or precious stones. And it says then they will be tested by fire. And those gold and silver will improve. The fire will get rid of all the dross and we will be left with pure gold and silver and precious stones. And we will receive a reward of some kind. But then there will be those who will have built their lives on worthless things, wood, hay, or straw. 
And those lives would be tested by fire and they'd be burned up. What a sad reflection on those lives. We are building day by day. I've repeated this little chorus many times on our sites. One we used to sing in Sunday school many years ago. We are building day by day in our work and in our play. Not with hammer, blow on blow, not with timber, sawing saw. Building a house not made with hands, following Juju's perfect plans. Little builders all are we, building for eternity. It's interesting in those verses we read we will lose some form of reward but our salvation is secure because we accepted Christ and he accepted us and he says we shall never perish. Now this is a very simple instruction but nevertheless it's very profound and needs our careful attention. You see we have a wonderful foundation on which to build. How I build is vital. Not to my eternal destiny but as to how God will recompense me for any work which I have done for the furtherance of his work while I was on earth. We have the assurance in Isaiah 26 verse 3 Thou wilt keep me in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. You want to know perfect peace in your life. You want to know assurance and comfort from the Holy Spirit. The verse says, Isaiah 26 and verse 3, Thou God will keep me in perfect peace. Why? Because my mind is stayed on the Lord Jesus and because I trust in him for everything if we seek the Lord we will find him we want to ensure that this is interesting 1st Corinthians 15 and verse 58 therefore my beloved brethren be ye steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 28. What does that mean? Well, it means exactly what we've been saying about having some of our work maybe burned up 
and others tested by fire. So we have to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in what? The work for myself? No, the work for the Lord. And for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain when you do it for the Lord. There's another interesting verse in Psalm 127 in verse 1. Except the Lord build the house. Except the Lord build the house. Psalm 127 and verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless what you're doing by building on the foundation of Jesus Christ is in accordance with him, his will, and it is, as that verse said, we just read a minute ago, always abounding in the work of the Lord. If we don't build on the right foundation and using the wrong materials, it says you're working in vain on to say except the Lord keep the city the watchman waketh but in vain we must have our lives our works our everything we do to be in accordance with God's will you know building is a serious business how sad it would be if we discover that all our building work was destroyed on the day when we go before the judgment seat of Christ. I was thinking about this and I was just looking at the lives of a few people throughout the Old Testament. Josiah, an interesting youngster, he was eight years old when he became king. If you want to read about him, go to Second Chronicles chapter 34 and you'll read a bit about him there. But in verses 1 to 3, we know a little bit about him here and we'll just praise it a bit. He was eight years old when he became king. And I'm sure there were people there who said, what's the point of appointing an eight-year-old? But he reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem he did what was right in the sight of the Lord if his works were going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ they wouldn't be burnt up he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his forefather and he did not turn aside either to the right or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he was 16 then, he began to seek after and inquire of the God of his father David. And in his twelfth year, just as a young man of 20 years old, he began 
to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the idols and the groves and the carved and cast idols. He in fact actually at one stage uh, did so much that for his age was quite, quite incredible. But then that's one way. He began it says to seek after and inquire of God. Do we do that? Do we seek after and inquire of God for everything we do day by day? And then I was looking at a man called Asa. The strange thing about this, his name meant physician. Now he reigned 40 odd years and in his 39th year we read all about this man in Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 12 just one small bit about him he reigned and he did an awful lot of good things in fact he, his mother was queen and because she went into idolatry he dismissed her from the palace he did some wonderful things and he kept close to his God but then he began to get sore feet maybe he began to get cold feet I'm not sure about that but he, his feet became diseased and his disease was exceeding great, it says. Yet in his disease, having lived a life reasonably good and close to God, but as soon as he got really sore feet and diseased feet, he sought not the Lord. But he sought out the physicians. How sad. How sad. And it's a lesson there for you and for me. So easy to say, oh yes, we must look up that and we'll do that. Without going to God and seeing what his will might be for you in a particular situation. Bible says in Proverbs 3 verse 5 trust in the Lord with all thine heart not only some of it trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding lean not unto thine own understanding Asa trusted in God, but not with all his heart. And God was displeased with Asa. And then, uh, finally, in this little group of three people, 
I want to talk just a little bit about Israel. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 12. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 12. And it's talking about Israel and it could apply to you and to me. Cry aloud and do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their transgressions and to the house of Jacob their sins. A cry to declare to God's people their transgressions and to the house of Jacob their sins. They were going contrary to God's will. Yet, yet, God says, they seek me day by day and delight superficially to know my ways as if they were in reality a nation that has done righteousness and has not abandoned, turned away from the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments they delight in the nearness of God. These people were not worshipping God as he had laid down but they had the impression that they were doing the right thing. They say to God why have we fasted? They say and you do not see it. Why have we humbled ourselves and you do not notice? Hear this, O Israel. God replies, On the day of your fast, when you should be grieving for your sins, you find something you desire to do, and you force your hired servants to work instead of stopping all work as the law teaches what they were doing. They were forcing their workers to work on the Sabbath day against the word of God. They were praying, they were fasting, but it was all in vain. It was all a superficial show. How does that apply maybe to me and to you? Is our worship true, genuine worship to a loving God and a wonderful Saviour. They were building all their work on a false foundation. And God says, judgment was coming. But each one of us must be careful how he builds. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Or as Jesus said to the Pharisees in John 5, 44, John chapter 5 and verse 44, How can you believe in me when you seek and receive glory and approval from one another? 
Oh, they were saying, you're doing a great job. And the other one would say the same thing. I met a little woman uh, yesterday going down the promenade. Just reminded me now as I was talking about this. <laughs> it's not written in my notes. And she was with her daughter, I think her granddaughter. And uh, she was a lovely woman in a nice herringbone bone tweed uh, overcoat. And she had a very jaunty berry on her head at a nice angle. And I was amused at it. And I, as I got level to her, I said, I, I, I love your berry. And she said, and I love your hat. And then we laughed and she says, tit for tat. And uh, I said, this is a mutual admiration society. But, you know, this is what was happening when Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. He says, how can you believe me when you seek and receive glory and approval from one another? And yet, you do not seek the glory and approval which comes from the one and only God. They had created their own little setup, but they weren't worshipping the one and only God. One final point, just in First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 4, some advice, instructions that Timothy was receiving from Paul. He says, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith so do you know people love to talk and ask stupid questions who did Cain marry and all this kind of stuff and they take up time talking about this talking about their genealogies they love their genealogies the Jews but what does God say through Paul to Timothy? What we need to be doing is by godly edifying the people around us. And what does our faith need to be built on? Built on the faith once delivered to the saints. And we have to build our lives and edify people and build ourselves up in the faith and making an edifice of it so that people can see who and what we are. You notice one final point. Jude does not say that we are to build up our most holy faith. That has been delivered once for all. We are to ensure that we keep it and secure it against false teaching. The faith is perfect and it is complete. But we are to build ourselves up in that faith. Read the Bible. Pray every day if you want to grow. You used to sing another chorus like that. 
Read your Bible. Pray every day if you want to grow. May God help us all to be good laborers for him, seeking only his approval day by day. And finally, another chorus. Cleanse me from my sin, Lord. Put thy power within, Lord. Take me as I am and make me all thine own. Keep me day by day, Lord, underneath thy sway, Lord. Make my heart thy palace and thy royal throne. Amen.